this with what? you all spread out over there. It's like we're sitting in the guys. Yeah, they're maybe. I think I'll pull my this chair close to me for comfort. How's that? She need me to sit next to you. I said back. I don't know how many months ago it was we started talking about doing this and we've gone everywhere from we were going to come do inner, some kind of inner healing training um, and then it was this and then, and then I just totally blanked out everything we were doing and <laughs> didn't take the dates off the calendar that we'd originally talked about and so it's been a little crazy. Yeah, hi those of you that we haven't actually met. Um, I'm don't know if you've told them who we are or not. We, I have okay. not. This okay. is Jim and Pat. This is Jim. Yeah. <laughs> I recognize him first. Did you recognize <laughs> him? <laughs> he's, he's dwindled away since last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, uh, yeah, I'm Pat Banks, and we, um, we've been actually doing inner healing for... 30-some years and full-time for 22, 23. Hi there. Hi. Come in. I've got my arm around you if you want to sit by me. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. <laughs> and I uh, have been here in Myrtle Beach just a little under two years. Kind of lived all over, traveled, and we are. And we, um, we've just kind of taken a bunch of studied everything we could study, all the different modalities, merged them all together. And then Jim has the trauma prayer that if you haven't heard the trauma prayer, you might want to go either onto YouTube, listen to Jim Banks' trauma prayer, 22 minute. Um, had close to 4 million downloads around the world now. Uh, people all, yeah, all over listening to it, going to sleep at it at night. <laughs> Takes care, it um, deals with tormenting dreams. Um, just general everyday stress and tension. As we know, we weren't created to carry the things the world now puts on us. Uh, the stress of work was part of the curse, and yet we weren't created to carry it. And the trauma prayer actually helps release that. It was We simply were, did a training, I don't know, 12 years ago, and at the end of it, prayed over the people, and somebody recorded it, Somebody else heard it, put music behind it, put it up on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So we didn't even do that. And we, it's also on our website as a free download. So if you know anybody that if you struggle with sleeping or staying asleep, know somebody, I'd, I'd really suggest you go listen to it. I know it's, uh, it's worth a listen. So anyway, that's just kind of who we are. Um, and then we've kind of shifted a little bit. We still do a lot of inner healing. Jim does Zoom sessions a lot. I do some, mine are more, I don't like to call them, they're more just helping women learn kind of who, not who they are, but giving them permission to live. There you go. You know, just giving them permission to live and... Um, Permission to be strong. Yeah, and 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 in no matter what their age, mm -hmm. and so um, I have fun doing that. I think, but um, one of the things that tonight I'm just gonna I'm just gonna talk about some things that the Lord's had on my heart that um, I I think I mentioned last week that I've been doing some Facebook live things on trust, 
and have just continued to have an amazing response to it. And so I just thought I was going to, last week I could tell the majority of people were here had walked with the Lord a while, and I thought we're going to do just some some discussion type thing, or ask you some questions about trust, and um, just just see what the Lord wants to do. Um, okay. So, Fat, would you would you pray for us? Absolutely. Thank you. Father, we thank you for time. You created time specifically for this sort of thing. Mm. We thank you for time, and we thank you for one another because we are the ones you created time for. Time to learn, time to repent, time to learn more. And we just thank you for Pat and what she and Jim have to offer to the church at large. And we ask you to help us open our hearts to receive what she has to offer from your spirit today. Help us to download well in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. I think maybe the way I want to start out is I just want to tell you a little bit about, um, just very briefly, about our story and just some stories in our story that got me on the trust thing. Um, <coughs> we began learning about inner healing 35 years ago. Um, as I say, studied everything. Jim did, we did it nights and weekends. Jim was an engineer. Um, went through an oil boom, I mean crash, and lost his job, went through a lot of stuff. Anyway, in 2001, his mom passed away and left us with a rather sizable inheritance. And we were moving to Asheville from Atlanta and thought, wow, perfect timing to go into ministry. Our needs are met and let's go for it. And so we moved up there, began opening healing rooms, went to England to do some training in Manchester. And while we were there, uh, all of our money was embezzled. And um, we were over there with a card and a plane ticket home. And so when we got home, we, we had some issues, to say the least. And uh, Jim had not worked in the engineering field in a long time. And it was electrical, so he tried being an electrician, but at his age, climbing around in the ceilings mm -hmm. was not real profitable for him. And uh, so that wasn't working. Anyway, we, just, Lord, what do you want? What are we doing? You know, help. And he just, you know, the Lord said, well, you can go get a job and I'll bless you. Or you can do what I've called you to do and trust me. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and that was a less than exciting thought. <laughs> because it was like, do you have a choice? I mean, if you know that's what the Lord said, what choice? Anyway, we, we said, okay. So we began a life that I call learning to live by faith, but it really wasn't. It wasn't learning to live by faith. It was learning everything that we didn't know about faith, learning mm -hmm. what we didn't know about trust, learning what we didn't know about God and about ourselves. Yeah. That's basically it. And I think coming to recognize that is one of the most freeing things that can happen, as you all you all know. When when we can come to a place that we recognize we can't figure it out. 
and what we do figure out probably isn't going to serve us real well. Right. And right? So that was my one of our first encounters with trust. Then we a few years down the road and we I mean we had we were ministering to people. The little church we were at gave us a few hundred dollars a month. Um, and then if people gave, that's how we lived. And we were in a home, in a house in Asheville that probably could have been condemned. <laughs> uh, the ceiling had holes in it in the upper stairs. When we, when we got there, the yard, it took two of the large dumpsters and a front end loader to scoop all the garbage out of the yard. Oh um, it was horrible. Um, anyway, I went with it. it was just trust. Will you just trust me? It was really bad. <laughs> and um, I was I do was doing the finances, so I was going through cutting our expenses. You know, trying to get it down, get it down, get it down, get it down. And the Lord just very gently said, um, so how long will you go before you trust me? Mm -hmm. <laughs> His questions are good. Huh? His questions are good. Yes. And fortunately, that is the way he talks to me. I mean, I don't, he knows that I have to have it like that. Yes. You know, some people don't, but I do. And I was like, I didn't know what he meant. I was like, what do you mean? You know, hello. I'm just trying to be wise. I'm trying to make a balance, you know. I'm, that Because what? That's what we're taught to do. You know, make, be responsible, be wise, keep your, which is all true. But it's not true. And he began, that was one of the things of, Okay, I don't know how to I don't know how to walk this out because every all of my training, all of your training has been to figure everything out with your mind. It's to balance things, it's to be logical, it's to do the right thing. It's um, it, it just is. We have been trained by the system of the world to live life. And it's the life that Adam and Eve entered into after the fall. And that was determining what's right and what's wrong. So we became our own gods. I determine what's right and wrong. Is it right for me to balance my checkbook? Is it wrong? Is it right for me to spend that money? Is it wrong? Is it right for them to do that or is it wrong? Should I do this? Should I not do? It? I'm. I became the one making the decisions for what was right and what was wrong, which is basically becoming your own god. Yeah. And that's what mankind has lived with. And you look in our society today, and that what we've got. Everybody wants to be God. Everybody wants to determine what's right and wrong. Everybody wants to be the one to set the standard. Everybody wants to be the one and yet no one is and so that trust level back then I didn't realize what he was getting at that it was a level of trust um, then and then there were stories as you all have I'm sure throughout our lives that have hit that and he's 
sadly enough, whenever he wants to really get our attention, it's generally through our finances. Uh, that's just that's just the way it is. <laughs> funny, well, it wasn't funny at the time, but it's funny now. We uh, <laughs> we in nine in two thousand and twelve, eleven, we moved from Asheville to a little bitty town in Kentucky. Um, we'd gone over there to visit the one person we knew. We were going to have a fix-it weekend, and we were going to minister to her, and she was going to minister to us, right? Well, we didn't do any ministry, but it was a Chamber of Commerce weekend, perfect skies. Jim went fishing, immediately caught a huge bass. Um, we sat on the front porch of their gorgeous spread where they had a vineyard and a winery, and their kids lived out, and the children were playing, and the neighbors came up bringing fruit. and I mean, you know, Really, it was just like Siri. Oh, it was just one of those. And the second day we were there, I knew we were supposed to move. And I said, uh, Jim, and this is the way our design gifts work in our marriage. I just said, I believe the Lord said we're supposed to move here. And he was like, not feeling, <laughs> which is his response most of the time, right? But a couple days later, he came down and he said, yep, you are. We're supposed to move here. And we were there within three months. And that began a whole new set of things, right? We had not owned a home in a long time. We lived in 11 different homes while we were in Asheville. Just um, wherever somebody would let us live, kind of, we, we lived. And then, but while we were in Kentucky, we bought a home. And we were living in a rental. Three months after we got in the rental, Jim uh, was diagnosed with colon cancer. And I'm like, another trust thing, mm. right? Another trust thing. And that kind of went on. They figured out what it was and um, did, well, I can't remember if they did surgery before. Anyway, we bought a house and he had the surgery was going to be okay. Um, and I had surgery a month after he did. So here we are in our 60s at that point, And we were like, you know, we've got this home now out in the middle of Kentucky, rolling hills, horses on the running over here, the cattle across the street, the vineyard down here. We're still doing ministry. We have an office in town. You know, I mean, it just seemed... There you go. You know, the Lord's slowing us down, but still doing stuff. So we went to Abilene, Texas to do some training. And while we were there, a woman came up and she said, uh, my name is Pamela Maxwell, and I am in charge of uh, Heidi Baker's Irish schools. And I was wondering if you all would consider coming to Mozambique and uh, taking care, pastoring our staff. <laughs> and I said, we'll pray about it and see, you know, who, who, what the Lord has to say about that. We had no intentions of going to Mozambique. I mean, it's a long ways. It's Africa. We're settling down, right? Two days later, a young woman came up, introduced herself, and she said, I'm over the over uh, long-term missionaries with Adventures in Missions, mm -hmm. and I was we were wondering we're having a missions conference in the Philippines, and we were wondering if you would come and minister to our missionaries. 
<laughs> we'll pray about it. I'm serious. We were like, we were not, we, we were done traveling. And we didn't feel like it was rebellion. We really felt like we were done. Two days later, a woman comes up and she says, you know, I love your ministry. I love you guys. I'd like to give you an all-expense-paid cruise to Alaska. We didn't have to pray about it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it was like, sure. You know? But the Lord was kind of tricky because we went home and immediately had to renew our passports because you couldn't go on the cruise without your passport. <laughs> well, they had given us a rather large love offering for which we were thankful. Within two weeks... The air conditioning went out on our house, the front end went out on our truck, and the transmission went out on our car. Amen. Now, prophetically speaking, <laughs> prophetically speaking, our comfort zone was messed up. Yep. Our, uh, the front end was the direction, and the transmission is your power source. Yep. And all the money was wiped out. And we were like, Lord, as Jim said, I think we've removed ourselves from a place of grace. Perhaps we should pray. It was like a thing. And the Lord said, so who told you you could retire? And when did you take your life back and decide where you'd go and when? We went to the Philippines before we went on the cruise. We went, we went to the Philippines twice. We went to Mozambique three times. And... I think five or six other countries. And simply to say, we didn't know. We had figured out in our rational mind what God was doing. Because it made sense in the world we live in. It just made, I mean, our kids would tell you it made sense. You know, they were like, do you have your retirement set up? Or are we, you know, and Jim said, tell them we be trusting Jesus. We don't know who that is. I'm not telling them that. You tell them, <laughs> you know. But it, it was another one of those lessons of going, we so easily kick in to what we think is right. Mm -hmm. Right? <clears throat> the, last week as I was just kind of praying through this, the scripture, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct the path. So I began to just tear each thing apart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Well, now, you know, I've already been on the trust thing, so I knew I didn't know a clue about trust. Mm -hmm. With all your heart. What does that mean? How do you know if you trust him with all your heart? What does it even mean with all your heart? Right? Mm -hmm. And then the verse came, guard your heart, for out of it flows the issues of life. And I thought, okay, my heart contains the issues of life. What issues? And he said, everything you are concerned about is within your heart. So basically, he was saying, if you will come and begin to learn to trust me with everything that you're concerned about, everything in your heart, everything you do, if you will trust me with the details of your life, okay, all your heart, and not lean on your own understanding or your interpretation 
of how to fix all of those details. I'll direct your paths. Well, so then that led, being inner healing, that led me back to how do I know what's in my heart? How do I know that what's in my heart is what I ought to be doing? So what are the things then that keep me from trusting him with my whole heart? So I, I want you all to think about that. And I want, I want we're going to have some feedback here. What are, I don't mean past tense, I mean right now, because I want you to know not one person here doesn't have some area of their life in their heart that the Lord may want to put his finger on that we struggle with trusting him. Okay, because until we look, until we see Jesus face to face, we won't look like him totally. And being okay with that will help you a lot too. Okay, because here's what I found. I didn't trust him and I didn't trust me. And I didn't trust other people. That's bottom line. I didn't trust me to do what was right. So therefore, if I couldn't do what was right, I wasn't going to get a good answer. Because I was supposed to do what was right. But I couldn't do what was right. And I knew I wasn't going to do everything right. Well, then I couldn't trust him because I, if I didn't do everything right, what would he do? Right? I mean, that, isn't that, we just go through these, at times we'll break through and acknowledge that that's, that's still kind of there is, Lord, I know I'm not being obedient enough. Lord, I know I shouldn't. Lord, and it's not even anything bad. It's just we know we're not. <clears throat> so then he says, I will direct your paths. And I think what we've done is we've put that into this picture of, I'm just supposed, no, not everyone. Uh, let me back up. Many take that and say, well, I'm just going to sit here and wait on God then. You know, people that do that, well, I'm just going to wait on God. Till he tells, till he tells, and he's like, no, we have, we have steps we're supposed to do. We're supposed to trust him. We're supposed to deal with the issues of our heart that keep us from trusting him. Right? We're supposed to acknowledge him in all of these things. I left that little part of it out. Acknowledge him in the midst of the day-to-day things mm-hmm. that I'm involved in. Acknowledge him in it. Lord, like, Lord, we need to wash our car. Thank you that we have the car. Our truck. Thank you, Lord. I acknowledge him that as I'm washing my truck. Right? It's being aware. Mm-hmm. One of the saddest things that I come up against when I'm dealing with women and men is they cannot recount in their minds quickly where God has shown up for them. If you say, tell me some times when God has shown up for you. And they're like, well... And they're not... Here's why. Because they perceive their life up until that point as something they have had to do. Right? It's something... They've gotten here by the sweat of their brow, by the work of their hands, by luck, 
by other people because they've just been doing life. We all do that. We all get into those points where we're just doing life and we look back and go, well, you know, I don't really see that much difference. And, and yet in the Old Testament, he said, write these things down and tell them to your children. And that's, that's one of the things that I have found for building trust. If you will start writing the little things, I mean, we're talking, if you can't find anything else, Lord, thank you that I could walk today. Thank you, Lord, your provision. Thank you, Lord. And you begin to write them down. Thank you, Lord, that you did this. Thank you, Lord, this. And you begin to write those down. You go back and look at it, you're going to see some big ones and some little ones. <clears throat> but what that does, that begins to build within you a foundation that says, <coughs> I can trust him not just because I've read his word that I should, but because my life up until this point can point to him directing my paths, providing what he says. He, he's done those things. So when something hits, I can look back and say, would he do any less? Would he do any less for me now? It's a bigger deal, but I have this foundation now that I've begun to build. So I think with some of you, with most of you, you're working with other people as well. And it's like with new believers, if we can get them to start writing their change, no, not even write, changing their focus from the world system being, well, just do this, do this, to look what the Lord is bringing into your life. Look what he's allowing. Look what he's equipping you to do. Look at the doors he's opened. Yeah, but I don't like my job. But look, you have money coming in. Okay, be faithful. Let's see what he does after that. And we can begin to help them build a platform that they then can look back and know God has been faithful to them. Now, see which direction. Our son, our youngest son went to ministry school and was a worship leader and prayed for people, did all the stuff. <clears throat> and he literally saw people healed. I mean, he prayed for them and saw them healed. See, he saw all the stuff, but he walked away from the Lord. Because we and they failed to let him build a personal foundation in himself, not things he did, not things the Lord did around him, but in himself that would say, if those leaders fail me, which they did, if they betray me, which they did, he could say, but I have a history with a God that hasn't. Mm. Right? Yeah. That was another area of trust. If you have children that wander away, <laughs> that's a big one. And I was driving down the highway one day and I was praying for him. He was living stupid, you know, just living stupid. And it was getting to be really bad and I was just going for it and I was doing everything we learned right I was doing 
I was worshiping, I was praising, I was praying in tongues, I was declaring, I was shouting, I was binding, I was loosing, anything else I could think of that I'd been taught I was doing. And I just very gently heard the Lord say, you know you, know you don't trust the Holy Spirit. I don't. And he said, well, what, what did I send the Holy Spirit to do? Draw all men to the Father convict of sin, convince of righteousness. I went through that. He said, you don't think I can do it for him? And it was like, ah. And he said, why don't you just start agreeing that the Holy Spirit is doing what he came to do? And where two or more agree is touching anything. And I began to say, Holy Spirit, forgive me. I've been trying to do your job. Now, I've learned it doesn't mean we don't do those things. But I was doing it trying to make something happen because I wanted it to happen. And I was doing it with the knowledge I had gained in church, but I wasn't doing it from a place of trust in the one whose job it was to do it. Does that, do you see what I'm yeah, saying? That's good. Yes, that's good. So, so it's, that, it's that bottom line. Do I trust him? And I want to tell you something. As you all, being the eldest here, can agree with, I hope. We think we know something, and we know how to trust <laughs> until something new comes along. <laughs> I remember I was going after it. I'm, as you can tell, I told somebody yesterday. It was a friend from the 70s I got to see again, and I was telling him, I said, yeah, Jim's, Jim is a prolific writer. I'm a prolific talker, and together it works well together. So, you know. But those things, you see, it's like coming back down. And Anyway, I was talking with this guy, and I was just going after it. And finally he just stopped, and he looked at me, and he said, you love me enough to let me disagree with you. I was like, ah. my thought was, yeah, but why would you want to? You know, no, seriously. <laughs> no. But you see, we do that with God. We, we get into this thing where we're trying to prove to him that we're doing our part. <laughs> you know what our part is? Trust. 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 Trust him. Trust and obey. That's it. It's just, it's trust. So then I said, what are we trusting? Are we trusting his goodness? Are we trusting his faithfulness? Are we trusting his wisdom? What are we, what are, what are we trusting in? Because many times what we're trusting him in is that he will, that the end result will be what we want it to be. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. <laughs> then when it doesn't happen, it's either his goodness or mine or the devil. Yeah. <laughs> right? One or the other. And it's like he's going out of your heart. The issues. I'm not concerned about the outcome. 
Yes, I can do whatever it is. What I'm more interested in are the issues of your heart that are keeping you from trusting me with the details that are within your heart. That my word, because you see his promises and his word don't mean squat to us until we understand them at the issues of our heart. They're just simply knowledge. And we, you know what, as we've, I'm sure you've heard many times, we've had so much teaching, so much knowledge thrown at us that if we could even live a portion of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we needed it, but that's the way our society was raised, with knowledge. It's the thing. But the Lord is saying the knowledge I want you to have is the knowledge of your own heart before me that I am that you are letting me show you how to trust with all of the various like trusting with my son, trusting for our finances, trusting with Jim's health, trusting with relationships, trusting with other people who have betrayed you, trusting with whatever it is. Trusting for a job, trusting trusting you see but we don't many times slow down enough to simply say lord i don't know how to trust you i know this much but i know i'm not trusting you with my whole heart and i'm not acknowledging you in all my ways but i thank you you have still been faithful to direct my steps you see, because there's never a moment in time when he's not actively involved in our in our circumstances, our lives, the whole thing. But they don't always it doesn't always achieve the deepest work within us that would bring us so much benefit. It would just bring us so much benefit. But the neat part of it is the exciting part to me is that he says, as, as Fount prayed earlier, time is his, it's not ours. Mm -hmm. So he's not concerned about how fast I do it. He's not concerned about anything because his promise says, I will complete it. Yeah, but don't I have to? No. Yeah, but no. Well, what about the verse that says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Well, what were his commandments? What were the two that Jesus gave? Love him, love yourself, and love others. <laughs> right? But the church has done exactly, in my, in my mind, much of the church has done what the Pharisees and Sadducees did. Mm -hmm. We've set up rules and we've set up boundaries to keep people from being horrible sinners. All the do's and don'ts. And it fits into the world system. Get an education. Don't do this. Don't be an artist. You won't make money at that. You know, that kind of stuff. Right? Mm -hmm. Which is what they did. Trying to supposedly protect their people from the, the really horrible sin. And so you might ask yourself, Lord, what... What have I built within my own mind structures that 
that I measure myself by. What do we? What do you measure yourself by as to how you're doing? We all do it. We may we may try to stuff it away a little bit, but we all have this standard somewhere that we're trying to maintain. Even if it's, well, I'm just waiting on him and trusting him. And we may be. So I, I think we're in a season where examining those things in our heart are going to be absolutely crucial. Yeah. They're going to be crucial. <clears throat> because you see, I, you know, I got on the news yesterday and I was just in, almost in tears last night. I just said, Jim, this, our, this world is so broken. Yeah. You know, and there, uh, I'm sorry, not anything I read had an answer to it. No, and it just didn't. It was this and this and this and people angry. And I understand the outrage. But I also understand the answers aren't any that are being given. And you can't, well, I won't get into that. (laughs) That's Anyway, it was just this. But for us, we are to be the light. We're to be the one with the answers. And I want to tell you something. It's not just, well, believe in Jesus. Mm. I'm sorry, that's not the answer. That's a opening. But mm. there are people that are believe that believe in Jesus that are not carrying the answer. Because they're carrying the issues of their heart and they're carrying the structures and belief systems they've set up for how this world ought to operate. Mm-hmm. And we I'm not gonna I'm not gonna judge them, but I am saying, Lord. I need to take, I need you to show me yes. me. Yes. Yes. Just show me me. Not and you know what? He's not showing us sin. He's not because you know we, we tend to think, well, I'm gonna see the sin, then I'm gonna repent, and then everything will be fine. No, he's saying, No, I'm showing you how to adjust the issues of your life toward me. That's all. He's not saying you sinner. No, he's saying, hey, you erase it. I'm just showing you how to change them, rearrange them. You know, the, the, in Jim's book on perfectionism, he talks about um, the rich young ruler. And, you know, I don't know how you've heard it preached, but uh, the rich young ruler comes and Jesus says, well, do this. Oh, I've done that. We'll do this. Well, I've done that. We'll do this. I've done that. Okay. Then give everything you have and come follow me. And he, he couldn't do it. And they said, see, money had him. No. Money wasn't what had him. Performance and perfectionism had him. Mm-hmm. I have done it all. I have done it right. I have fulfilled the law. I, to think that he didn't hadn't done everything and there was something he couldn't do fell short of this of what he accepted as possibility and that's the system of the world so anybody take a minute and just see is there an area in your heart in your life that you realize I struggle with trusting him and how do I know when I'm truly when I'm at that point of total trust in it.
Anybody, anybody want to share anything? Obey when it doesn't even make sense. Say it. Obey when it doesn't make sense. Obeying when it doesn't make sense. It needs to make sense. Obey when it doesn't. Uh-huh. So, so for you, it's like it needs to make sense to really want to obey it. It's got to make sense. Uh-huh. It's hard to obey when it doesn't make sense. Right? That's a choice. That's like, that's where you, that's the joy of like going beyond that. Yes. Anybody else? Um, mine is also, well, one of them is finances. And lately it's been a lot of the same, like our air unit just went out. I just had to fix a transmission on the car, which cost me more than the car cost when we bought it. Uh, the front and back end of the truck, I paid it. And my husband set himself on fire and, you know, just a gamut of things. And I'm currently not uh, working for income. I'm working, but I'm setting up a ministry. And so it's just his income. And I've been a single parent my whole life until recently. But um, so finance has always been my thing that I've definitely like. I got to work, and, which, I, you know, obviously yeah. you have to work right. or whatever, but, you know, I worked, so I earned the money, and I paid the bills. But, um, so letting go of that was a huge step in trusting him, but, um, like, just now, I said, when I stop calculating, then I will move closer to trusting him with my finances, because I'm constantly, like, a number calculator on my head, like... <laughs> If you spend that dollar, that's going to take away from this, and I can't, then I can't pay that. Da, 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 and it trickles down into, you know, where those things are. So my mind is always calculating numbers and, and when this is coming and, and what can I pay with that, and then how much time do I have to wait till the next check comes so I can pay the next thing, and and what room is on this credit card to pay that because I don't have that money laying around to pay for that. So um, yeah, well, I totally get that, and that's a, I mean, that's just. That's bottom line, you know. It's provision. And it's the wisdom of balance. And it's how do I, okay. So when when uh, when we find these things, I think then the word, some of the promises in the word begin to make more sense. And the stories, like when, the, when the, uh, Peter came to Jesus and said, I need to pay my taxes. And we need to pay our taxes. And he said, Peter, go fish, and you'll find the provision. He said, do what you know to do. You already know how to fish. Go fish, but when you do it at my behest, there'll be a miracle in it. And that sometimes it's just keep doing what you know to do and watch. Uh, but it's that, so then how do we come to a place of peace and trust? And I think that's when is, is the hardest, because you know what? I still do that. I do the very same thing. And it's like, I know, you know, get up, look at the balance. You know, get up first, check the bank, check the balance, check the mailbox, check, you know, check, 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 like that. And then try to figure, we can do this, we can do this. And you finally just go, all of my planning has not done any good anyway. What happens if you do, okay, I'll be vulnerable. Here, some vulnerability, which the body of Christ doesn't do real well. We um, had a large a tax bill to pay. And I was like, Lord, this last conference, we'd really like to be able to pay it. And we got enough money to pay it, and we bought a truck. We didn't pay the tax bill. 
And I was like, <sighs> and he said, okay, so that means I can't provide for the tax, right? Because you failed. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, <clears throat> no, that's not what it means. And he said, you just got ahead of yourself. It's okay. Yeah. You see? But that's our, that's, we look at it. I, I will say this regarding, is there, I'm not selling books, but hey, if I know good resource, I'm going to tell you, we've got some good ones. Um, because of the variety of things going on, I would suggest, um, we've got a book called De Defeating Jezebel. And that's not about a strong woman. <laughs> okay? It's not about a strong woman. Um, it's basically a story of how we learned the difference between an assignment against us of the enemy and how to close doors that were open by looking at the, the story of Elijah. Okay? And... How to, and it was regarding finances, relationships, crazy things happen. I mean, just a wide gamut and how you begin to just close those. And it's very simple. Um, so I would, I would suggest you guys look at it and, and begin to do that. I would say that finances was my problem, too. And I thought I had gotten over all that, over all the years. You know, there was absolutely no food for my kids because I was divorced with five kids. Somebody would come to the door with a bag of groceries, right? And I wasn't even a Christian. I mean, I just say, you know. Uh -huh. And so more times than I can count, like air conditioner went out, someone gave, hey, just give me $3,000. I said, what is this to do with this? Lord he said, hold it. And so I tied 300 off to somebody that I knew had to go to the doctor. And I kept the 2700 Lo and behold, air conditioner went out, and the guy came in after hours. He says, how about $2,700? I mean, things would always go. So I thought I was over all that, that I trusted the Lord. And he said to me now, he says, if you trust me so much, why do you have money stashed all over your house for emergencies? Where do you live? But see, that's when it gets hard because it's like, is there anything wrong with having money set aside for an emergency? No. Only if it's to protect ourselves because he won't. Yeah. And I, well, I it, it comes from way back when I didn't have anything. Exactly. And so I would, I would say change back then, you know, I rolled up and I'd hide it. So I'd have, this is no lie. I rolled up change and hid it in the, and I'd change it in and I'd make, and I'd get money and I'd put it in this coat pocket of mine in the closet because my husband was really cruel. So when I decided to leave him, I had $1,100 I had saved in change, rolled up. I mean, I had changed But that was a bills. heavy coat. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was. It was changing the bills. I had $1,100 that I had saved in change, and that's what I took the kids and left with. Yeah. But, you know, so I think it's still from that yeah. time, you know, I think, well, 
what if I need this money, you know? So I keep saving yeah. this change and changing it in and, and hiding yeah. the money everywhere. So not yeah. the bank, you know, I keep it in case I have to have a quick getaway. I can't get the bank. <laughs> so I don't know. So God just brought that to my mind. Why do you keep hiding? Why do you have money hidden everywhere? You yeah. can trust me so much. Isn't that like people that, and now we have a supply of food, okay, for a few months just because anything can happen. But it's like people, how much is enough? And what are you going to do if people come to your door and say, I want your food? You're going to kill them? And say, no, it's my food? <laughs> you know? I mean, sir, but that's that's a good illustration. We've, we've learned it, but then there comes this point where, without realizing it, we're right back there. Yeah, we're just, we're right back at that place. Anybody else? Yeah. Yeah, what is The Lord has dealt with me with the finances thing and it was it was a miraculous thing and him showing me something I need to re, you know so for, but all my life and it's sort of like what you're saying I feel like I knew in my head because of past experiences that he would do it but it wasn't in my heart and he finally something happened he worked with me and it was in my heart but when you were saying that about your kids so it's like it's in my head that he will his promises will come through for him but I don't think it's in my heart yet yeah and so I, so I want to ask you, can you talk to us a little bit about, like, with the financial thing, it was a healing that needed to take place and a repentance, you know, just, you know, he, he took me through it. But, so, I'm asking you. Well, I tell you what, when I figure, when I get the answer, I'll, no, I don't really think it's different than anything else. I think it's a, it's a process <laughs> It's Lord, what is the baseline of it? Okay, we know it's it's not total trust in him, but what is what are the extenuating things around it that are causing me and part of it is it part of it is knowing the where they'll go. I mean the options if they take a wrong turn and we we're concerned for them. But I for me it was it was saying Holy Spirit I don't know you like that well enough yet. I think for me it's probably self-condemnation, thinking I did wrong. Exactly. So, uh-huh. so, and, so that could be the issue of the heart that you're talking about. Yes, exactly. Because it's like, who's... Um, <laughs> I said, look, Adam and Eve, perfect environment, perfect provision, perfect spouse, perfect job, perfect home, perfect parent, and they still chose. So how perfect do you have to be? And that's the thing people forget is that everyone has a free will. I want my kids to have a free will. They're choosing wrong, but I have to go, but God, I was choosing wrong. I was living stupid. I thought if I hadn't been there. Yeah. But, but I mean, so that really so all, I do. It, it revolves around that it's it does. all my fault. It does. Yeah. If I would have done better, if I would... Then maybe they wouldn't be like that, isn't that what? We, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anybody else? I yeah. I was just gonna share. I thought about like the question of it being more in the heart versus the head. I feel like what's so helpful personally is to actually put myself <coughs> in those challenging moments and just like to take them head on versus like trying to find a way out. So, for instance, my husband's a musician and he has been called by God to eventually have a career in music. 
and he's an amazing musician and everything, but there's this part of me, like you said, the artist making money kind of thing. Like, yeah. It just seems like a much harder avenue, and so it's hard for me to trust as he invests money into gear and equipment and all the investment that mm-hmm. it takes to get going in that. It's like, oh, like... And I, it's so funny you mentioned balance because I've used the word balance. Like, you can't always spend this much towards that or something like that. But, like... Go, like I've got to this place just the past few months where it's like he he says I really feel like I should invest into this and I do agree that spouses should definitely like talk through that and work together but for me personally I just had to shut myself down and not even like say my opinion mm-hmm. and I think it's <coughs> getting me to the place where I can eventually work with him and really following the Holy Spirit versus like what yeah logically makes sense to yeah me. but like for me that's worked it's just like whatever happens just let like whatever goes kind of thing it's almost like this really terrifying thing (laughs) but it's really cool because it's taken this huge burden off so whatever that whatever that thing is that you feel like it's hard to trust him in it's just like I don't know it depends on the situation I guess but if it's like swimming or like you think of your child like learning how to swim and they don't want to go into the water because they don't trust it like they eventually once they get under they learn that they'll be okay even if they like come up and they're like it's in my nose and it's uncomfortable like they survive so it's like the more you go through that experience Mm -hmm. and you learn you survive even if it was difficult Mm -hmm. I feel like that trains your brain to realize it's not as bad as you thought it would be right yeah and that right there so like when I walk through this with him and even if we have difficulty financially because of it or debt or whatever like I'll see that God provided I'll yeah. see that we're okay. Yeah, you know, that's and that's right. going to heal that part of me that yeah. thinks that is that's a right. problem. That's one of the things the Lord used for me in the whole thing was, what's the worst that can happen? I mean, we did lose everything at that point in time when he was doing it. We did. And we'd done everything we knew to do, but we lost everything. And it was like he was still there. <coughs> so what is the worst that can happen? And that's kind of where, what you're saying is, Okay. He's still there. Mm. He's still there. Anybody else? That's well, good. I'm just thinking, I mean, you know, trust is kind of like, you know, a journey, you know, one step at a, that you learn one step at a time with each situation as, you know, you realize God has been, you know, there for you and saw you through it. Sometimes you can't see what he's doing in the midst of it, but afterwards you can look back and see what he did. <clears throat> With me right now, um, it's um, communication, um, especially in relationships, uh, where I'm I'm learning not to um, take it into my own hands to try to work things out, kind of like you know what you're talking about. And instead, just being quiet and not saying anything and just taking it to the Lord. Matter of fact, my new little slogan is, Okay, God, the ball is in your court now. <laughs> now I'm watching to see what you're going to do. What you're going to do now. <laughs> and he loves it. He does. He and does. It's been yeah. amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so... Um, but that was a hard one for me. See, and we get that, and then the next thing he does now, I want you to speak. You're like, no, it's in your court. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Yeah. So anyway, I don't want to belabor this more. I don't know what time it is. How are we doing? 
Okay. When you were saying to me it's got to make sense, I felt like I was not listening to you. I'm sorry if I came across that. No, you were. You were. Yeah, you know, half the time I don't know what I'm saying anyway, so it's okay. <laughs> no, but guys, it's like we've heard about faith, and we think it's something we have to work up, and it's not. It's Him. Yeah. Trust. What is it? Trust in the Lord. It's Him. Our heart issues. It's Him. Right? the things of our life it's him right now and giving ourselves letting ourselves off the proverbial hook mm. from having to do everything having to do everything mm. you know building a ministry doing this doing this, and it's like lord whatever you know and yet at the same time learning to be aware I think oh, that one other thing is I think one of the reasons we go through many things is because <clears throat> we've not truly studied kingdom principles mm -hmm. and the principles of the kingdom are not the principles of the world and studying kingdom what are the principles of walking in the kingdom of God and when you, when you look at the things Jesus taught with the parables, the stories, the things he taught as principles of the kingdom, and you start asking him to show you how to apply them to your life, mm -hmm. you then will become a co, you will become a, I don't want to say a co-partner, you will be walking more in sonship in the kingdom because you will know how to manage your father's estate. And right now, we don't know how, most don't know how to manage the father's estate. It's like I think may have told you last week when we were <clears throat> praying about going to Asheville. We told you that, yeah. And Jim was trying to figure out what to do and the Lord just said, well, what do you want to do? And he was like, no, well, that's not the way this is supposed to work. <laughs> you know, uh, you tell me what to do, then I'll go do it. Because then if it doesn't work, it's on him. But there comes a point where the Lord says, I want, I want to have worked within your heart at a level that I can say, now, what do you want to do in my kingdom? Do you want finances do you want a home because he says you'll have it do you want do you want this what how do you want to display me in the kingdom mm -hmm. music maybe it's he's going through a refining thing going through a refining because there will be a day he says you can have it or you can have this mm -hmm. okay that's that's just the way it works and so you know I don't know how you how you, where you study or whatever, but I would encourage you to begin to ask the Lord to show you keys to the kingdom and what it looks like so you can begin to operate in his economy, not in yours. For instance, we know about tithing, but do we know about calling in a harvest on what we've sown everywhere? If I've sown 
service. If I've sown service, do I call a harvest in on my service? If I've sown mercy, do I call in mercy? If I've sown finances, do I call in my finances? If I'm, <clears throat> if I'm not, my finances are stuck, Lord, where can I sow to unplug the flow? If it's that, if it's, if it's health, okay, where have I sown and what have I sown into that's caused my health to do this so I can repent and change my, my sowing? Because everything in the kingdom is, is a law of sowing and reaping. Okay, and that's it, that's not law. Like I believe in tithing t- to a point, but only if it's an expression, not out of obligation, because that that doesn't bring the Lord any pleasure. That's just dead money going into a plate. But when I give and I'm sowing in to the kingdom, I can then begin to call in a harvest. That, that is a spiritual principle, and it's a principle in the natural. Would you plant a garden if you didn't believe something was going to come up? Well, I do, but <laughs> generally speaking, you don't plant a garden thinking, well, nothing's going to come up, but I'm going to plant it anyway. And yet that... A lot of work. Yeah. But, okay, so kingdom principles. So if things just aren't working, you might have to ask the Lord, okay, is there something... Is there some principle of your kingdom that you're wanting to introduce me into so that I can walk more like a son, I go more, more like a daughter? Thoughts? Very, very timely. Okay, I'm done. Thank you. Thank you. This question has nothing to do with it. This is done.